Business in the Okanagan Matters. This is Law Talk with lawyers Clay Williams and Tanvir Gill from FH&P Lawyers, LLP. They talk business and take your questions at podcast at fhplawyers.com. Now, here's Clay Williams. Welcome to another edition of FH&P Lawyers Law Talk. I'm Clay Williams. I'm a partner at FH&P Lawyers. With me is Tanvir. Hi, Tanvir. Hi, Clay. How are you today? I'm good. So our producer, Ryan 2T Waters, has told us that we need to be more topical. You got any topical stuff for me, Tanvir? Oh, what about the real estate market right now? That's topical. Everyone was expecting a big crash in January. They were expecting interest rates to go, what, up? <laughs> I don't think anything's really changed. Well, I think interest rates are going to go up. I mean, but for everything I've read, but they're, they're not there yet. No. So, uh, yeah. And house prices are crazy still. For example, there's a client of mine that bought a house in Rutland for 460000 two years ago. And I want you to guess what he's selling for right now. Okay. So it's a single detached in Rutland? Yeah. Okay. Uh well, just from what I read in the news, uh, like what nine hundred thousand uh, dollars? One point one. Oh my god. One million one hundred thousand, and two years ago we bought it for four sixty. Isn't that okay, crazy? Okay, but, but but the question I've got for you is, uh, where's you gonna go? Yeah. What's oh, you gonna do? Yeah, this particular client, this is not his PR, so he has a place to be already. This is just an, a really good investment. Oh, so it was a, it was yeah. a rental. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, because I think, you know, a lot of people hear those numbers and they think, wow, that's a lot of money. I mean, why not cash out? But then what am I going to do? I Mm -hmm. mean, I don't, I'm not the type of person to really be into the van life, right? So I'm not going to go live in my RV. What am I going to do? Yeah. I'm just going to sit on this this piece of property that apparently is is worth a whole bunch of money. I think we kind of got into that with Tracy Head when she was our podcast guest on mortgages, but it's just so hard right now with people wanting to get into the market so bad. People have realtors and developers knocking on their door trying to get them to sell so they can develop or do all these, you know, towers or multi-residential complexes, but a lot of these people don't know where to go. They don't have the buying power, even if they're paid out a good amount of money for their home, detached single home, they don't know where to go. And sometimes even them making that much of a profit isn't enough because the market is just so crazy. There's not a lot on the market right now. Well, downsizing doesn't sound all that attractive if I have to then go and pay $1.1 million for another house. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, what am I going to do? I'm just going to sit on my property, I guess. And, and wait, yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of, I, I wish I could count my money, but it's all virtual. Yeah. <laughs> so what other edgy stuff do you have? You know what You know what Ryan, you know what Ryan wanted us to talk about? What? He wanted us to talk about the, the truckers and what's going on oh, in Ottawa. Oh, yeah. And I just can't, I can't see an upside to that. <laughs> no. Because, uh, you know, what's happening there is sure controversial. And, you know, some people are supporting them, some people aren't. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't see an upside I, I, to bringing it up. What, what no, about you? I don't think so. I think even no matter what opinion it is that we express, we're going to be on the wrong side of the issue in someone's books. So it's hard to really even say anything. And it's better just not to say anything at all. I think. Oh, we're such wimps, aren't we? <laughs> we're such wimps, but I think that's probably the way to go. So, you know what I was thinking we could talk about? Mm-hmm. Somewhat topical. Somewhat topical because I saw that the liberals were reintroducing hate speech legislation, you know, and it made me think there seems to be a lot of racially charged tension going on right now. So I, I thought we'd chat today about discrimination in the workplace. Okay, that's a good topic. 
What Clay's talking about when he mentions new legislative changes is the proposed legislative changes to the Canadian Human Rights Act and the Criminal Code. Um, so back in June of 2021, the government introduced a bill to better combat hate speech and hate crimes, provide improved remedies for victims and hold individuals accountable for the harms of the hatred that they spread. I'm, I'm literally reading this off online if I sound <laughs> mechanical right now. So the bill proposes to amend the Canadian Human Rights Act and the Criminal Code and make related amendments to the Youth Criminal Justice Act. So what the bill proposed to amend was to define a new discriminatory practice of communicating hate speech online. The amendments would include reinstating an amended Section 13 improvement to the hate speech complaints process and additional remedies to address communication of hate speech. So it was the amending the Canadian Human Rights Act, which made me think about uh, something that's more that I'm more familiar with, which is discrimination in the workplace. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I do uh, in, in usually in dealing with employers is allegations of discrimination in the workplace. And uh, I'm more familiar with the BC Human Rights Code. I, I don't usually deal with the, mm -hmm. uh, as, or at least as much with the, the Canadian Human Rights Code. But there sure seems to be a lot of complaints being made right now. And, and I'm not sure why. Uh, but um, there's, I'm getting a lot of lawyers sending me these these letters or sending them to my clients and then they pass them on to me, you know, making these allegations and, and, and carrying through the process. Really? So, hey, let's chat about... Interesting. Can you tell me a little bit about what discrimination in the workplace would look like? Well, in, so in BC, uh, the governing legislation is the Human Rights Code, okay? And that, that code, that's the enabling legislation which allows the British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal and it's the tribunal which has the jurisdiction to consider complaints of discrimination under the code. The code is the one that prohibits discrimination in employment. And uh, it's a really broad prohibition. It covers all aspects of the employment relationship. It includes hiring, firing, discipline, changes or in terms or conditions of employment, uh, all uh, related to this prohibited ground of discrimination. So the prohibited grounds are a person must not refuse to employ or refuse to continue to employ a person or discriminate against a, a person regarding employment or any term or condition of employment because of the race, color, ancestry, place of origin, political belief, religion, marital status, family status, physical or mental disability, sex, sexual orientation or age of that person, or because that person has been convicted of a criminal or summary conviction offense that is related to the employment. So very, very wide prohibited grounds. And I just want to point out that the discrimination on the basis of pregnancy is included in, mm -hmm. in sex. And that's one of the things that we do see quite commonly is when uh, a, a woman may go on mat leave and somebody comes in as a temporary replacement and, and the employer likes that person better, mm -hmm. you know, and, and yeah. so we, we do see that quite, quite often. So let's drill down, you know, in, into some of those things where uh, discrimination is is prohibited. And what the first is discrimination in wages, and uh, so I think that's that's fairly obvious. Uh, but also in employment applications, not only applications, but in, in advertisements. So so those are the areas really where the the Human Rights Tribunal has jurisdiction to take a look into. Mm -hmm. Or even harassment, denying promotions. Oh, very, very right. wide, yeah. very Ending wide. Employment. 
end of employment? Absolutely. How do you make a complaint? If you are an employee and you do want to make this complaint, you, you fill out a form, and the form's called a, uh, an individual complaint form, and you file it with a tribunal within the applicable time limit. And, and it's really very easy to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but boy, it sure starts a process. And that process is one that employers are going to have to engage in. You know, one of the things, and, and I, you know, I should be careful, I usually represent in employers, but uh, that process uh, can be a, a really aggravating and an expensive process for employers. But um, obviously, you know, the intention is good there. But an employer has to take that really seriously, because the tribunal has a huge amount of power to remediate the situation mm -hmm. and uh, boy that power that they have includes reinstating the employee if yeah. you fire them and, and that's kind of one of the only places that uh, or areas of the law that that can actually happen because you know the another thing that we deal with on an ongoing basis is uh, wrongfully dismissed employees yeah. well those employees don't get their job back they just get money, but yeah. it's it's possible to actually be reinstated under the if if a discrimination is that would proved be an to awkward return to work. Wouldn't that be you know? But uh, you know, I, I guess in in many situations that job is is so important, it's yeah. very difficult to get another one. I understand with somebody making a complaint in that situation as well. Let's say they've been their employment has ended, they can make a complaint not only against the employer, because the employer is responsible for the workplace and is typically the respondent, they can also make a complaint against another person who is responsible for the actual discrimination. So for example, if that person made the decision to fire the complainant based on a you know personal characteristic like sex or race or something like that, or they influenced a decision or you know harassed the complainant, Wow. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I have seen that. Yeah. HR people are, are named too. And uh, if hey, that individual was yeah, involved. No, for sure. Or, or the supervisor or something like that. Or if they're making a complaint based upon discrimination, it's not based upon firing too, then the other person, of course, is going get, to get named, right? Yeah. I mean, not if this person just simply gave you the yellow folder with your letter in it that wouldn't count but if this person was actively involved in some way well i, I mean maybe uh if they gave you the actual folder <laughs> and the discrimination was w resulted in the termination yeah. you know that that yeah, could happen exactly. but you know the other thing is lost wages there's a make whole definition under the code and and so you can actually be awarded all of your your wages resulting from the uh, the the firing so mm -hmm. you know that can be a lot of money and, and not only that you can also get awarded damages so the damages are awarded for injury to dignity feelings and self-respect so your liability as an employer is not only wages it's also also damages mm -hmm. so you know the awards can be quite significant but the process itself can be quite a challenging yeah. process to go through in terms of defending but also the downside is, is quite large so what happens you know what happens when the process is started well you know once the the tribunal accepts it uh, then usually there is a mediation and I find that um, uh, most of these complaints are settled at the mediation. Yeah. Uh, if you don't settle at the mediation, then you go through the hearing. But a lot of employers would rather try and settle it out than having to go through and you know uh, having a finding against them that there was a, a, an actual. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know that's that doesn't look very good either. So a lot of people will settle. I I, I find the success rate is quite high at uh, dealing with them at the at the mediations. Yeah.
So what if I'm involved in an action? I've started one, but I still work for my employer. And yeah, and you can you can see that. Uh, mm-hmm. So say you're passed over for a promotion, yeah. or, or somebody else gets a raise and you don't, and uh, you feel it was uh, based upon a protected ground. Uh, the code actually does prohibit retaliation in response to an individual filing a complaint. So you can be carrying through with a complaint against your employer while still employed. Is that the answer to the question? That's what you're looking for. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So no, it's, it protects that action. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, we see quite a bit of is an allegation that a person has been uh, discriminated against because of a disability. Uh, I I thought I'd just spend a a bit of time here in talking about what a disability is. A disability is really widely defined in the Act. The general definition of what a disability is 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 a physiological state that is involuntary, has some degree of permanence, and impairs the person's ability in some measure to carry out the normal functions of life. Uh, what the, the tribunal says, and they, they use this wording in, in most of their decisions, in assessing whether an individual has a physical or mental disability within the meaning of Section 13 of the Code, the tribunal must consider the individual's physical or mental impairment, if any, the functional limitations, if any, which result from that impairment and the social legislative or other response to that impairment and or limitations. The focus is on this third aspect which is to be assessed in light of the concepts of human dignity, respect and the right of equality. So physical disabilities have been found to include visible physical limitations or restrictions and less visible things uh, like diabetes, AIDS, fibromyalgia, even obesity in some circumstances. And, and mental disabilities have been really wide, depression, bipolar disorder, addiction-related disabilities, including alcoholism and post-traumatic uh, stress disorder, learning disorders, attention deficit disorders, and nonverbal learning disabilities. So it really, really wide-ranging. Now, what is a an employer supposed to do when faced with that? Well, th- there's a duty to accommodate. So faced with a an allegation that a person is being discriminated on the basis of a disability, uh, an employer uh, needs to make every reasonable effort to accommodate the complainant to the point of undue hardship. Okay, so really, really a difficult matter to defend if that employee is dismissed. Not impossible, but very difficult. So back to Ryan Tooties, who um, again keeps telling me, oh, you got to be more topical. What about the mask complaints? I've seen now that uh, several people have made complaints that they were discriminated against on the basis that they were forced to wear a mask and they made the allegation that they couldn't wear a mask because of some form of disability. All of them have been dismissed, as far as I'm aware, at the uh, the Human Rights Tribunal. And that's because, as far as I'm aware, none of the complainants have provided any evidence that they've suffered from a legitimate medical disability. You need to provide some sort of evidence that there's an actual medical disability. I think it's a good idea to finish this podcast off with a good case that I found on this specific issue. So um, this is from the BC Human Rights Tribunal, and it's called Nelson versus Goodberry Restaurant Group LTD doing business as Bueno Osteria. 
I'm not going to get too into the case because it's a long one, so I'm just going to give a general overview. Jesse Nelson is a non-binary, gender-fluid, transgender person who uses the they-them pronouns. They work as a server for Bueno Osteria, a restaurant run by the respondents. So the issue in this claim was that during their employment, Mr. Goebel, the bar manager, persistently referred to Jesse Nelson with she, he pronouns and with gendered nicknames like sweetheart, honey, and pinky. Jesse Nelson asked Mr. Goebel to stop and he did not. They asked management to intervene and they were told to wait. On the final day of work, Jesse Nelson again tried to speak with Mr. Goebel, the bar manager, about this issue, and the discussion grew heated. Four days later, they were fired. Pressed to explain the termination, the bar manager told Jesse Nelson that they had simply come on too strong, too fast, and they were too militant. So Jesse alleges discrimination, and this issue goes in front of the Human Rights Tribunal. What do you think, Clay? What's the outcome? Well, I think in this day and age, that that sounds like discrimination to me. That's right. So just reading the um, results of the case here, the Human Rights Tribunal found that the bar uh, manager, the bar owner did discriminate against Jesse Nelson in their employment. His use of female pronouns and gendered nicknames demeaned them and undermined their dignity at work. So Jesse Nelson had tried to have conversations to sort of bring the bar manager and the owners up to speed on using correct pronouns and the they, uh, them pronouns rather than the she. And obviously it didn't go well. So the tribunal found that their inability to have those conversations, not wanting to have those discussions and just not moving forward, um, simply was uncommunicative and uncooperative. All of this was connected directly to Jesse Nelson's gender identity and expression and constitutes a violation of the code. The remedy in this case was that Jesse Nelson's uh, complaint of discrimination was justified. And um, it's interesting because we kind of just talked about this. But in addition to the orders, the other order was just that they ceased to contravene and refrain from committing the same or similar contraventions of the code. In addition to that, um, Jesse Nelson was seeking compensation for injury to their dignity, feelings, and self-respect in order, and an order was granted that the restaurant develop a pronoun policy and implement mandatory training for management and staff about human rights law. Very topical. Thanks, Tanvir. I think it puts front of mind that we do need to be very aware of pronouns nowadays mm-hmm. and uh, thank you FHMP lawyers are rooted in community and ready to help send your business law questions to podcast at fhplawyers.com